I've had several people ask us about the video projectors since I showed you how they're ailing and dying. We got 10 years out of used ones. That was pretty good. And we've not took a special offering or anything. But the reason I mention this is some people don't have the time to serve um, consistently because their job takes them away or they own their own business. But they have the gift of giving. And they're very expensive. And we need two to replace. And if that's something you'd like to give towards, there's no pressure at all. Just feel free to do so. And we can buy these things. And if not, we'll just keep playing with it. I, I thought I was going blinder. And I checked with Brian. And I said, y'all noticing the screens? They said, it's been doing that a long time. Because one of them is brighter than the other. They're tired. They're ailing. They're on their way out. You know, like that TV, when it starts to... It's time, baby. You've got to change them out. Okay. John chapter 10. Stand with me one more time for the reading of God's Word. Two short scriptures. And I can't wait to begin this series with you. John 10, 27. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. Pause right there. They hear it in songs. They hear it in psalms. They hear it in the voice of other people. They hear it in nature. They hear it in their spirit. They hear it with their ears. It's like God's always talking and they're hearing. And those that don't hear his voice think we're crazy. It's kind of like the person that blows a dog whistle. And the dog says, I heard that. And the cat said, I didn't hear nothing. And he said, well, the reason you didn't hear it was because it wasn't blowing for you. Right? Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. You may be seated this morning. That's a broad subject, God talking to us as believers. Broad subject. And I want to narrow it down to one thought that we're going to carry if the Lord allows the next three weeks. And I want to talk to you about God speaking to you, giving you invitations. Solely that. God will speak to us corrective words. God will speak encouraging words. God will speak prophetic words. But I want us to focus on this. Invitations. An invitation is defined uh, by our dictionary as a call. A summons. An offer. Permission. A written or verbal request inviting someone to go somewhere. Inviting someone to go somewhere or do something. Like when you get an invitation to a wedding. That means the people that have the authority to give you invitation say, I'm inviting you to come to this thing that's already prepared. I'm inviting you to be a spectator or participator. This didn't go out to everybody. But it's a call. It's an offer. It's permission to come. A situation or action that tempts someone to do something or makes a particular outcome likely. Let me say it again. An invitation is a situation or action that tempts someone to do something or makes a particular outcome likely. You leave your car unlocked with your keys in it and your iPad, your iPhone, your iAir, your iEverything on the dash laid out. That is an invitation to a likely outcome. If you leave your food unattended on my back porch, there's a 160-pound pork chop. Y'all know he's, it's an invitation for him, and I can tell you the probable outcome. You're going to walk out there, and not only is the food going to be gone, the plate's going to be gone. An invitation is specific. Follow me. An invitation is personal. An invitation can be proven. An invitation is powerful. If you get a written or verbal invitation, it grants you the power to come into something already prepared. I have a buddy in this church. I'm not going to tell you who he is because you'd call him and ask him for the same invitation. And I'm not going to share. He told me I can go fishing in his pond anytime I want. But there's a problem. There's a gate that clink shut, not no balsa wood gate, an iron gate. And I know y'all try to jimmy it. You can't jimmy this one. You either hit it with a truck or you stand on the outside. But he gave me a code. Not only did he give me permission, 
He gave me a code that is so powerful that I have access to what you don't have access to. And it just swings open. I took my little girls fishing for the first time the other day. They got their own little poles. One of them caught a bass. One of them caught a brim. And then my friend brought his, what kind of dog is it? Shazoo or, uh, it's almost a cuss word. It's some Shazoo dog. And then we did not like fishing anymore. He became the star of the show and the dog became the star of the show. And I hate him, so. But an invitation is powerful. Especially if you get a code. An invitation can be open-ended. He tells me, come anytime. An invitation can expire. If the invitation is for the wedding date and you miss the date, that invitation has expired. I wonder how many God invitations you've missed. I wonder how many times God said, come, this is for you. And through idiosyncrasies or insecurities or insufficiency or self-doubt or whatever reason we missed opportunities And they closed. Do you remember when the disciples kept sleeping and Jesus said, would you pray with me just one hour? Can you pray? My soul is sorrowful, even unto death. Can you pray with me? And they went to sleep. Can you pray with me? And then he said, never mind. My hour has come. That opportunity is over. So there's a sobering part to this, but I don't want to focus on it. But you need to know that some invitations have expirations on them. An invitation's value is determined by the one who gives it And what it's given for. And if the Lord allows over the next three Sundays, I'm going to share with you different points. Uh, I have three for this morning. I don't know that I'll get to all three. And I don't want to be in a hurry. But I want you, please, listen. If you just take this as a sermon, it's not going to help you. John, it has to come from the guy that owns the pond. It's got, he's got to give the code. You, you have to accept it as God's invitation to you. When, when the preached word is preached to you and God anoints it for your ears, it's history to someone else, but to you it's a rhema word. You can walk through gates that keep other people out. God tells you you can do something, you can do it. And God invites you to do something. He doesn't give false hope. He doesn't lock you out of invitations. Okay, number one, if you're taking notes, accepting God's invitation is the sermon. Number one, accepting God's invitation to return. To return. Revelations 3, it says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten them. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hear my voice... And open the door, I'll come into him and I'll sup with him and he with me. Many commentators said he's talking to the church. Well, yes, but if you listen, you look at the dialect, or the way, not the dialect, but if you look at the wording, he said, if any person hear my voice and you answer the door, I'll come in. If you repent and return to me, I'm inviting you to let me in. Sometimes God goes the extra mile. Not only does he invite you, he says, if you'll just answer the door, I'll do the rest. To return back to God. Not only repent before God, but return back to God. Jeremiah 3, 22. Backsliding children, if you will return to me, I'll heal your backslidings. I'll heal the cause and the effect. I'll be with you as you pay the tab for your choices. Sin has consequences, but I'll walk with you and I'll do other things in your life at the same time. If you turn back to me, I'll heal you of your backslidings. See, backsliding, when we do it, it's so overwhelming because heaven and God look so far away. And God didn't say come back. He said just turn away from the backsliding. I'll do the rest. You just turn and I'll meet you there. And restore you and I'll heal you of all that's happened since you turned away from me. I know you feel like you can't, but you can return to me. I know you said you never would, but you can turn to me. I know you've tried and failed, but you can turn to me. I know you may be ashamed of where you've been and what you've done and maybe even who you've become, but you can turn to me. I know you feel you've gone too far, done too much and stayed too long. 
And I know if you were God, you wouldn't give you another chance, but you're not God. And if you will turn to me, I invite you to turn back to me and I'll heal you of your backslidings. Return to your first love. Revelations 2 says, nevertheless, I have somewhat against you because you left your first love. Remember from where you've fallen and repent and do the first works again. Sometimes it's not that we fall into gross sin. We just fall away from who we once were. Close to the Lord. Tender to the Lord. Affectionate with the Lord. See, I can attend without my heart being right, but I can't give affection without my heart being right. It's scary when people can give affection one to another that's not real. That's scary. And with God, we know better. We, we just... There's just such a distance and we've fallen from simple, what Laquan said, unity with the Lord, closeness. And he said, if, if you'll repent of it and turn, draw near to God and he'll do what? That's an invitation. And say, well, I'm waiting on something. Something beside an invitation? Don't forget who's giving it. God. And he told you what he'd do if you turned back. So repent, turn back to God, and turn uh, away, or return back to your first love, and return back to your calling. John 21, he said unto Simon the third time, Simon, do you love me? Simon said, you know all things. And this is after Simon Peter denied ever even knowing Jesus. And Jesus, when he was resurrected, took him on a walk and kept asking. He said, come on with me, Simon. Do you love me? He said, Lord, well, he asked him, do you love me wholeheartedly and passionately? And now Simon has no self-confidence. He said, I love you like a friend. He said, feed my lambs. He walked a little further. He goes, Simon, do you love me? He said, you know, I love you like I do. It's not all the way, but I do love you. And he said, then feed my lambs. And when he asked him a third time, it grieved Simon. And he said, you know all things, Lord. You know I thought I would never deny you, and I did. And you know I thought I was better than I was, and all of that. But you keep asking me, do I love you? I love you as I love you. That's all I have. And he said, then get back to doing what I called you to do. I'm inviting you, Simon. Feed my lambs. And I felt the Lord whisper to me, there would be men and women in this room that you have and had a calling on your life. And for whatever reason, there was a falling away from, you could put it on someone, something, years, tragedies, loss. But God said, if you love me, go back to doing what I called you to do in the beginning because the gifts and call of God are without repentance. Man can't invite you back into your calling, but the one who gave it to you can. Come back. Simon, feed my lambs. The worship leaders in this church that don't worship anymore because you identify yourself by the sin that you committed that God's blood has covered. Failure in ministry. Failure in the pastorate. If your pastor resigned every time he failed, I wouldn't have preached more than a handful of times in my life. The question is not have we fallen. It's have we confessed our sin and turned from it. Turned from it. God is giving an invitation right out of the gate. The first thing I felt he wanted me to share is come back to me. Come back to me wholeheartedly. Come back to me intentionally. Come back to me with no reserves and I'll heal your backslide. I'll warm your heart again. Those of you that have backslid and have come home, tell me this ain't true. It's like your heart is dead. You, you don't think there's any hope. And there was a little bit of embers left you didn't even know was there. And one Sunday or one Sunday night or at your home, God said, and what you thought was gone, and nobody else saw it. You're in here on a Sunday and a certain song is sung and a certain line is played and you, you're overcome with emotion and you lift your hands and, you, and you're just crying. You don't even have words. And what's happening? He's healing your backslidings. He's restoring you. He's bringing you back into the nearness, the inner circle of his presence. You have an invitation. Will you do what we always do and just act like it's not there? Or will we treat it as an insignificant thing? I'll tell you the kind of people I believe God loves. 
I think he loves the one that when they hear that in their spirit, they just come running. They don't care what anybody says. It's like the man that was unfaithful and his wife says, I give you permission to come home. And he runs into that house and he grabs his babies and he grabs his wife and he says, I'm so sorry for what I did. I'm so sorry. He moves. And you're given an invitation this morning by God to come back home, all the way home. Change your address back home. You don't have to give the devil two weeks notice. Leave. Leave. And Jesus said in his word that whosoever cometh into God, Unto God, God will turn no one away. Number two, accepting God's invitation to rest. To rest. Someone very close to me went through a horrible season where they lost their, not just the spouse, but the love of their life, physical challenges. Uh, family problems, money, money problems, and they even had tried to take their life unsuccessfully. And they told me that the Lord visited them one night in a dream. And they were floating in their dream to heaven. And the person said, am I getting to leave? And the Lord said, no, I'm not done yet. And they told me that in their dream, the Lord took a piece of cloud out of the sky and put them on the cloud and said, just rest a while. And they said, I woke from that dream and it was different. All the problems were still there, but, and I'm adding the words now, I got an invitation from God to rest and I took it. And see, it's not about just eating right and exercise, which is critical. There are supernatural touches where the Lord invites you into a place of rest. Where your mind rests, your soul rests, your body rests, your emotions rest. And we've burnt the candle so long at both ends, there's no candle anymore. And I believe the Lord wanted me to invite you to a place of rest. We find rest by slowing down. Mark 6, verse 30 says... The apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all the things that they had done and what they had taught. And Jesus said, come apart into a desert place for a while and rest. For there were many coming and going and they had no leisure so much as to eat. He said, you don't even have time to do the basics. I'm inviting you into a desert place to rest a while. Desert places aren't beautiful. We're not trying to be enamored. We're not trying to be entertained. We're not trying to recreate. We're trying to heal. And God said, come on, out of, come on over here. And I want you to rest a while. Slow down. If you don't have time to eat, you're moving too fast. My wife shared with me this week because she loves me. She said, it's too much going on. Too much going on. Slow down. Slow down. You don't have time for your babies. Slow down. If you don't have time to exercise, slow down. If you don't have time, it doesn't matter if you get it all done. If there's nothing left of you, I invite you to come apart a while and rest. Slow down. Never met a dying man about to go into eternity talking about his checkbook or his house or his car or his uh, things that he owns. Slow down. We find rest by prioritizing. And Martha was cumbered much about serving in Luke 10 and came to Jesus and said, Lord, don't you care that Mary's not helping me? I'm doing all this by myself. And Jesus said, Martha, you're so troubled about so many things. One thing is needful. And Mary chose the good part and she's not going to lose it. One thing's needful. Well, but John, if, no, if there aren't any Marthas, nothing gets done. May I submit a question to you? Just submit it out there for your approval. Who in here is... Uh, you, just, you can do it real quick. Just, nobody has to know. Who's a Martha in here? Okay. And we just can't stand people. that We're doing it all. We'll get it done. We're the make it happen people. Would you ever ask someone that was no good at helping to help? No, I just cut bait or fish or quit. Just, just get out the kitchen. I'll handle it myself. But now if somebody knows their way around in the kitchen, you'd rather have one of them than 20 of everybody else. Who did Martha ask for? Mary. Okay. So Mary 
obviously was a Martha too. Oh, all those women she didn't mention. He said, Martha, Mary has chosen the better part. Mary chose the part that she can't lose. Watch this. You need to prioritize. It is important to get the meal done, but not to the, not to the cost of losing the peace in your home. It is important to pay our creditors, but not at the cost of losing your marriage. You need to prioritize, Martha. Make sure that God first, you know, God, family, your, your health, your wholeness, you need to rest. And if you prioritize, see, Martha knew that Mary could get in there and make it happen. And Mary's like, I'm going to help you, sis, after I rest. Would to God that we would have the boldness to prioritize and put first things first. Now, I am of the persuasion. Now, when this meal's done, you're going to help. Don't leave me a sink full of dishes. God likes order. Can I have an amen? Clean, straighten. We find rest in nearness. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God says in Matthew 11. God invites you to rest, and he doesn't give it to you like some evangelist pops you on the head and says, rest. He said, come unto me. Unto who? Me. All you who are weary and heavy laden, and I, God, will, not maybe, not might, not hope to, not good luck with it. I will give you rest. So how does he give it to us? Nearness. This is the son of God who pulses with glory. Sometimes he breathes on you. Did you know that? What you saw in the Bible, he did in his flesh, he does in the spirit. And he breathed on them. Air from heaven. Zoe, life. The ark, the wind of God. Receive the Holy Spirit. And sometimes that time alone. I watch my precious wife. I don't know how she does what she does. Three under three. I don't even smoke. And I'm looking for cigarettes all the time. All over the house. I'm looking under couches and lampshades. And I see her in between bedrooms. There's one upstairs. There's two downstairs. And she's on the steps with her Bible in her lap. And a cup of coffee. Those are good together. And what's she doing? I don't have time to do the other part. But if I can just steal away, he'll breathe on me. He'll change the way I feel and look and talk and speak. Jesus said, I'll give you rest. But you got to be near him for him to do that. Could he do it at a distance? Yes, but he doesn't. He said, come unto me, weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. We find rest by simplifying. Consider the lilies of the field. They don't toil or spin. And in all of Solomon's splendor, have you ever seen anything arrayed in such beauty? The birds of the air don't even worry. You don't see a bird. You ever seen a bird in the yard pacing? Lord, what are we going to do? Can't find no worms. Oh, help us, Lord. (laughs) Birds ain't worried about it. They're going to find it. And see, when you simplify and seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he said, God knows you have need of all the other things, but we're not simple. We are responsible for our self-preservation. That's why we look like we look, and that's why we act like we act. Ooh, I hit something in, didn't I? God, take care of me. He said, just look over a field of flowers and watch the birds and get over yourself. And stop stressing Just simplify. Listen to this. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, Jesus said in Matthew 11. I'm meek and lowly in heart and you'll find rest to your souls. Learn about me. Learn who I am. Fellowship me. And not only will I give you rest, you'll find rest. So learn of me and you'll find it. So in one place, by being around him, he gives us rest. And he said, every time you learn something new about me, you're going to find rest. You'll find rest at your workplace. You'll find rest in your home. You'll find it in your car. You'll find it on your bed at night when your soul talks to the Lord. Every time you learn of me, you learn something like this. If God spared not his own son but delivered him up for me, won't he freely now give me everything else I need? 
Yes, I ain't worried about it. Good night. And you, re- you find it. So if, think of the double whammy of rest. You're near the Lord. He's breathing on you. God air, God breath, God life. And then every time you learn something of him and you go, oh, I believe that. You enter into another place of rest. So you have rest and you find rest at every turn. I would submit if you have rest and you find rest, you're at rest. God is giving you the invitation to find rest in learning of him. Find rest in believing. Rest that comes from trusting. Rest that comes from praying about everything and being anxious for nothing. Rest that comes from the knowledge that God is omniscient, omnipresent, and all-powerful. Rest from knowing that God cannot lie and he cannot fail. Rest that cannot be imitated, cannot be duplicated, and cannot be intimidated. God is inviting people in this room. The thing you need more than anything else. You're not looking for luxury. You're not looking for status. You're not looking for possessions. You are soul tired. Soul tired. You know what soul tired means? You can't laugh at things you think are funny. You can't weep at things you think are sad. It's like a ghost. And we're bouncing emotional checks. We're bouncing relational checks because our soul is withered. And all you need is the reign of God's spirit. All you need is his presence in your life again. So he's given us an invitation to turn back into other people. He said, just come apart for a while. Just me and you. Well, I've already paid uh, for the Zumba. Quit. Quit. Lose the money. Well, I signed up for this. and my, Your kids ain't got to be in everything. Parents, everything. Kids into soccer and football and t-ball and sword, sword wrestling or whatever. And underwater basket weaving. And a kid got a, string, a stick with a streamer on it. He's doing everything. Kids ain't got to do everything. They don't. We need to simplify. What our children need is not to be at everything, but they need a mom and dad who are at rest in their home and they're joyful and they're peaceful and they're good but we got to keep up with all our crazy neighbors who got crazy kids and crazy relatives and crazy boss it's crazy I'd rather be sane up in here all right that's the end of that my kids aren't even old enough to do it all and we've decided you ain't doing it no painting you can paint at home good you can paint we bought ducks. I bought ducks. Kelly's cleaning out the duck bin about five times a day. And I realized the other day, I ain't been cleaning up after the ducks. So I bought them and she's taking care of them. I'm taking them ducks on a trip. <laughs> ducks need a pond. May I submit this to you? Nowhere in the Bible does God take rest from people. So if you're not at rest, you've been stolen from stolen from find your balance oh I'm so glad I thought this balance is critical I don't care if you got front loader side loader top loader I like the old Kenmore kind where you lift the lid up and drop your stuff in you ain't got to worry about seals and all that leaking and open it up you know you forget you open up water comes all out in your den anyway see that just spurred thought so your washer if it's out of balance Especially if you have an old one, a heavy one, and that little thing on the bottom, you know, all you got to do is lift it up and spin them. If if one of them's out of balance, spin cycle hit and you've put in towels, it'll walk from your laundry room (laughs) down the hall into the den. Just let it finish. We'll bring it back. We'll put it back in a little bit. And it's no big thing. All you got to do is lift it up, turn it, level it, put it back down. What would happen in your life if you made one turn? Uh Uh-oh, turn. Back to God. Back to rest. Life would do that all the time. And God's inviting you. Come unto me, all you weary. Come here, I'll give you rest. Learn of me. You'll find rest to your soul. Oh, you're worried about so much stuff. Quit! Quit! Find your balance and don't let people who don't have to live in your shoes tell you what that balance is. Yes, that's good. You don't know how old I am and how old I feel. Don't tell me what I can do. 
I need a nap up in here. <laughs> Number three. Y'all going to give me time to do one more? Oh, this is the good one. Those are good, but this, this one's exciting. Pastor's going to like this one. Accepting God's invitation to do the impossible. God will invite you. You try to do the impossible on your own, that is so frustrating. You just take a Bible verse. He will not call the, the waters to overflow us. And you just walk out into a torrential river. <laughs> You're going to get washed away. You can't just take a verse. You can't just take a verse. It's all, all of it is inspired. Yes, it is. You can just choose it. Watch this here. Oh, Lord. Give me one today. I ain't got time <laughs> to really search it out. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Judas went and hung himself. Oh, wait, okay. oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Don't get one more. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, got to turn it. One more page. One more page. Go and do thou likewise. Oh, two, two. You don't get to just pick. All scripture is profitable, but invitations are different. My babies don't have an invitation to drive yet. My little boy is going to be shaving, but the invitation to teach him to shave is not yet. This Sunday, God is giving some of you invitations. It's time. Time to step out and do the impossible. In your Bibles, Matthew 14. They were in the boat. The storm had hit. Jesus was in the mount over to the side praying, it says. And when uh, evening had come, Jesus was there alone. And the ship was in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. Oh, I bet you were. They said, it's a spirit. Oh, let me just say this right here. You know something's wrong with you when you expect evil before you expect God. They're on this boat. Jesus is in the mountain praying for them. They just saw him feed 5,000 men, not counting women and children. And it's a ghost. It's the devil. It's the devil. Why can't he be God? Come in. Expectation shows a lot about where we are spiritually. When the disciples saw him, they were afraid, saying, It's a spirit. But Jesus spoken to them and said, It's be of good cheer. It's me. It's I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come to you on the water. Lord, if it's you, watch this. Oh, I've been waiting all week to share this with you. Lord, if this is you. Have you ever prayed that? Lord, if this is you, if, if you're the one stirring me to do this, if you're the one that's opened this door, if you're the one that's telling me that I'm going to laugh again, if you're the one telling me you restore my soul, if this is you, give me an invitation. That's exactly what he said. Bid me, summons me, give me an opportunity to come do the impossible with you. And Jesus said, come, watch this, one word, come. God will give you an invitation to do the impossible because you've already seen his glory before. They just saw him feed 5,000 men, not counting women and children, with five loaves and two fish, five little small Carabas loaves of bread like this, just small. 5,000. And see, God wants us to carry over what we've seen in his glory over here to believe for what we can do over here. People that do the impossible are banking on what they've already seen God do. What Quan was saying about the back from the beginning. Lord, if you're working all these things together, if you can feed 5,000 men with a lunch, you can allow me the opportunity to do the things that are impossible. To do the impossible because we're in his will. Jesus told them to get in the boat and go to the other side. And when you're in his will, you can ask God for those invitations. You can ask, God, I'm doing all I can do. When they agreed to start this church, Lord, I'm in. We're all in. I'm going to start the church. And I need you to open up a place. Our place just happened to be the place. We're nothing special. This isn't about us. This isn't about us being good people. It's about them seeing the Lord in their life and saying to them, I've got this. Just expect me to do. You're in my will. I'll take care of you. To do the impossible, knowing that Christ is praying for you. Jesus was in the mountain praying for them. I know that I have an, uh, Jesus, the 
intercessor, interceding on my behalf, not praying, but standing in positional authority, decreeing. He's not in a mountain. He's seated at the right hand of God and all power is his in heaven and in earth to do the impossible in the midst of life's storms. Oh, I like it that some of the miracles are in the storm. I like it that sometimes he calms the storm afterward. Anybody, well, not anybody, but more people will attempt the impossible on a calm sea. When all hell's breaking loose and it seems like demon powers have been unleashed and attacking you, but you know you're in his will. And regardless of the circumstances, in the storms of life, you can get an invitation. You can get an invitation in the storm of your life today to do the impossible as Christ draws near. To do the impossible while surrounded by unbelief. The disciples, nobody said anything. Have you ever been the only one believing God for the impossible? Jesus, give me an invitation. They're rowing and bailing, rowing and bailing. Now, I appreciate the bailing people. But if your rowing ain't working, you know, sometimes if you can't turn it around, turn it loose. Just quit. Bail. Get a bucket. But nobody else said anything. And so we're going to start a church. We're going to start a business. We're going to give more to the Lord this year than we've ever given. We're going to do these impossible things and nobody else is doing it around you. That's when it's hard. When you step out and say, this will happen in my family. It's going to happen in my family. And nobody else in the family agrees with you. Surrounded by unbelief. He asked for an invitation anyway. To do the impossible because God was speaking He said, it is I. God was revealing himself. I am. It's me. See, sometimes we want a sign, and instead of a sign like fixing the storm, God reveals himself and said, I'm with you. Just that was what he gave them, and that was more important than calm seas. I am is with you. I am with you. To do the impossible in response to our prayer, petition, and request. Ben, if you would come, please. To do the impossible in response to our prayer, petition, our request. Open your Bibles to Matthew 14. I want you to see this in front of you. Matthew 14. If you're there, say amen. If you're looking, say amen. All right. We got to get there. Verse 27, Jesus said, Be of good cheer, it's I, I am, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if, you be, if it be you, bid me to come to you on the water. Notice that Simon didn't ask Jesus to walk on the water. Well, he said, bid me to come. Okay, Think it through. Yes, he did. And it implied walking on the water. Bid me to come to where you are. What he was asking him is let me come near to you. I want to be where you are. Jesus, I'm watching these miracles and I'm watching these things. And I believe it's safer on the water with you than in the boat without you. I'm... I'm starting to glimpse that you're God. And I'm going to make myself real vulnerable here. If you are who you said you are, let me come to where you are. And Jesus said, come. I know there's not a video store in heaven, but I'd love to see this one. He got down out of the boat And he, it's not like you have steps outside of a little fishing boat. You hit with a thud. Except with water, it's supposed to be a splash. And on one word, I'm almost done. Stay with me. On one word, Simon was able to do what he couldn't do one minute before. On one word, Simon was no longer afraid. On one word, Simon was willing to do what was not possible before. 
On one word, Simon Peter was able to walk on what other people would sink in. On one word, Simon was able to live in a situation that would kill other people. On one word, Simon saw an opportunity to be where God was and to do what God was doing. Simon Peter transcended natural laws and learned firsthand the power of God's spoken word. Do you remember I've taught you it's never about the thing? It's never about the thing. It's not about walking on water. He didn't go get a business card. Uh, the apostle Simon Peter, the water walker. It, it wasn't about the thing. It's revelation of who God is, of who God is. And so after this story, he has the belief system that if God gives you an invitation, you can do anything. I remember when he invited me to heal. He told me, he said, you're going to laugh again. I said, I can't. You're going to love again. I can't. Well, here's the invitation anyway. And all I had to do was accept it and get out of the boat of my present situation. And go to where he was inviting me to go. But John, you can't. I know. That's the point. You can't walk on water. But at the invitation, you can. <laughs> so there's no faith in you. You have faith in God. So here we go. So Simon gets out of the boat. What are the 12 disciples doing? The 11. <laughs> I knew Simon could do it. No, ain't nobody saying nothing like that. They are mesmerized. And he... I don't believe he didn't get wet. I believe the water was hitting him all on his knees and waist. And he's walking towards Jesus. And Jesus, with one spoken word, has empowered this whole event. And he's walking towards him. And then he saw the wind and the waves... And he began to sink. And Jesus grabbed him and rebuked him. Oh, ye of little faith. Okay, freeze. Just freeze the picture. Oh, ye of little faith. He's half in the water. Jesus has his hand. I'm thinking, me? What about them 11? Anybody else? Oh, ye of little faith. Yeah. But the Lord expects more from you with all you've done with him. Mm -hmm. Oh, ye of little faith. And I never saw this till the last time the Lord allowed me a couple of years ago to preach. I never saw it. So he walked. He sank. And then it said, then Jesus and him arrived back at the boat. Jesus didn't carry him. Or it would have said, Jesus threw him over his shoulder and carried him. What did he do? Oh, the word was still there to come. It was still there. So he walked back to the boat. And him and Jesus got in the boat. And the Bible said they worshipped him. But one of them worshipped with wet clothes. Yeah, I may have failed. But I have seen his glory in a way that makes my failures irrelevant. <laughs> I've done the impossible. I've lived through the unthinkable. I've come back from the dead. God has graced me with an invitation. You've been invited to start a church. You've been invited to see his glory in your home. You've been invited. You've been invited. So it's time for me to get out of the way. I'm done. And all you have to do is respond. You're going to work out the details. Every eye open. God has invited you to turn back to him. If that's you in this house, I want you to come stand around this front and or kneel. I'm, back. I'm away from the Lord. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Who will accept that invitation to turn back? Bless you. People are coming. You can find a place to kneel. Come back home. I'm inviting you. God is inviting you to rest. You're out of balance. Your life is out of balance. Peace is gone. And God's inviting you to rest. Who will take that invitation? Look, they're coming.
God's going to give you rest today. Neil, God's going to give it to y'all today. I believe it with my heart, buddy. I believe it with my heart. And where are the ones God's asking you? He's giving you an invitation to do the impossible. They don't believe you can do it. Others don't think you can. But you say, God, I accept the invitation. Where are you? I don't need to know what it is to do the impossible, to experience the impossible. Glory to the Lord. Oh, you can do it if God tells you you can do it. Now, those on our altar team are those that feel prompted. Don't overpower their prayer. Guy with a guy, girl with a girl. Just come and just very, don't, don't shake them or move them. Just put your hand on them and go, I'm believing with you. I believe you've accepted the invitation. Come on, come on, pray with them. Come on. I believe. I believe with you. God has the authority to give you the invite. Glory to the Lord. Come on, church family. Come pray with them. We got people over here, two guys over here, a lady over here. I believe with you. Have a lady here at the front that needs someone to pray with her. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. I have a lady here on the front. Someone agree with her. I believe. This invitation is personal to you. Your name's on it. I speak over you. Reconciliation in the name of Jesus. I speak over you. Rest. Divine rest. God-breathed rest. I speak, speak over you. Power. Power to do today what you couldn't do yesterday. At God's invitation. He has spoken to you. Come. 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 I need a gentleman with this man here. Pastor, would you come? Come pray with this gentleman. One more appeal before you go home. Is there anybody else away from the Lord? You said, I should have come. Come on. Come on. You have an invitation from God to come back home. Is there anybody else? Anyone else? Would y'all do me a favor as we get ready to close? Would you just pick one? Say, Lord, the guy with the blue shirt, I just pray for him. Would you just pick somebody and say, Lord, I pray for them this morning. Whatever their need is today, I pray for them. I pray with and for them. All you need is an invitation. And you got it today. Glory to the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. All glory to you, Lord. I told you help was coming. And it came in the form of an invitation. You're going to be like that man on the Sabbath. And people will say, what happened to you? He said, the same one that healed me told me I could pick up my bed and leave. The same one. Church family, would you stand with us this morning? If you don't catch this part, especially those in the altar, you're going to miss the, the impact of this morning. Once you get the invitation, you got to still walk it out. You got to get dressed. You got to go to the thing. You got to be at the event. You just walk it out. And when you start feeling like, okay, that rest, I'm, I'm losing it. No, God, and just say, God gave me an invitation. I'm not, I'm not entering into this based on skill or ability or character or I, I got an invitation from the Lord in his house. And you just get to the door and they say, can I help you? Yes. John Wood, party of two. Is it, oh, your place has already been prepared. Restoration, rest, and empowerment.
for the glory of the Lord. All you need is an invitation. Pastor, would you come and pray over us and dismiss us this morning? Would you? Would you just stretch your hands forward and receive? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for sending your word to the deepest point of our need. And Father, we receive by faith, not only that word, but your invitation. Your invitation to receive rest because all of us who are heavy laden and burdened, we have come to receive that rest. We thank you that your anointing over the word was so sufficient that is able to destroy every yoke and lift every burden in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for reconciliation, restoration from that same word for getting us back into that position with you that we need to be. We receive it, Lord. We thank you for this fresh word. We thank you for the, the result of the word taking root in our heart. And we seal this with not only praise in our heart, but a yes in our hearts and a yes in our mouth that we not only receive, this is our word, we take it, we have it, Rest is ours, restoration is ours, reconciliation is ours, and any other thing that we may need from your word. Thank you for your invitation, Lord, for summoning us this morning, and we receive it now. In Jesus' name, let everybody agree, said amen. 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 Give the Lord a hand this morning, would you? Pastor, if you and your team would go on upstairs first. The next couple of weeks, Pastor Holden is going to be there at the table with information. I want you at least stop by and pick up the card and the information so you'll have it at home. Put it on your refrigerator and know how to pray with them. And God bless you. Have a wonderful week.